Amen. So Maggie's going to come and uh, bring us uh, readings, as we've been doing during the uh, Advent season. We've got uh, typically we've got uh, two readings: the first from the prophet Isaiah, and then our gospel reading. Good morning. The first reading is Isaiah seven ten to sixteen, and the second one Matthew one eighteen to twenty five. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your father, a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah, he will bring the king of Assyria. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did, not, he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I wonder how many of you here this morning know the meaning of your name. I know the meaning of my given name, Peter, meaning stone or rock, but we're unsure exactly of the meaning of our surname. So I did some research this week, and according to the Dictionary of Family Names in Britain and Ireland, the name Misselbrook derives from Mistel's Brook in Whitley, Surrey which is recorded as Muxenbrock in 1303 and Mistelbroke in 1548. 
The place name, and I'm still quoting, the place name appears to derive from Old English. Mixon, meaning dunghill, and brock, meaning brook or stream. Well, there you have it. For us, most of the time, names are simply a label, an identifier, so that we know who we're talking about when we talk one with another, or know who should answer when we shout out a name. But uh, most of the time, we don't think about the meaning of the name. Perhaps, for many, the meaning is not important. I'm probably going to forget quite quickly what the meaning of my surname is, or might be. <laughs> Thank you for that. But names can be very important. And in the passages that we've read this morning, two names are given to the child which Mary is to bear. The angel told Joseph, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And in the prophecy of Isaiah, we are told another name. And Matthew reminds us of this when he says that of this child, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. These names are important for they describe who the child is and what the child will do. His name is Jesus, the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua, which means Yahweh saves, the living God saves. And this child is to be called Jesus because through him, the living God is going to save his people from their sins. And he is to be known as Emmanuel because in him and through him God has come to be with his people. Come to be with us in order to save us. Now on Friday... I posted a number of Christmas cards in the letterbox. You may have done the same, though I hope you've done it rather earlier than us, because I'm very doubtful whether any of our Christmas cards posted in a letterbox will get to those to whom we're sending them before Christmas. But we also sent out a number of emails as is the modern fashion, Christmas emails, which get to people more speedily. And it's nice to be able to send Christmas wishes to those who we will not see in person, maybe some very far away. And it's good to receive wishes from them. And we've been delighted with some of the messages we've received already 
this Christmas time from those who we won't see in person. But God did not stay in heaven and send us a Christmas message. He did not send us a message of love, but rather he came in person, in the person of the Lord Jesus, to be with us, not just with a message, but with his power to save us. In Jesus, Emmanuel. God's great purpose from the beginning is that he might dwell amongst us and that we might dwell with him. We get it in that wonderful picture, don't we, in the opening chapters of the book of Genesis, as God walks in the garden in the cool of the day to talk with Adam and with Eve. God wants us to be with him and he wants to be with us. But human rebellion has broken that relationship. And we live in a world that is in rebellion against God a world in which it seems most much of the time that God isn't there and in which people are simply living the way they want to live in a self-centered way at enmity not only with God but with one another. And all through the pages of the Old Testament we get the cry of God's people God, will you not come? Come and do something about this situation. Come and save us. Come and be with us. And that's what God has done in the Lord Jesus. God has come to be with us, to rescue us from a world that is broken and in rebellion against him. And what does it look like when God comes to be with us and to establish his rule and reign among us? You remember John the Baptist who announced that the one long promised was about to come. He pointed people to the Lord Jesus. But then in prison he began to have his doubts. And he sent two of his disciples to ask, are you really the one who is to come? Or should we be looking for someone else? Because John had hoped that the one to come would drive out all evil, drive out the power of Rome, bring in the kingdom. So why is he in prison? subject to evil powers and under threat of death. And Jesus told the disciples of John who'd come to see him and asked this question, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the person 
who does not fall away on account of me. This is what it looks like when God comes to dwell amongst us. The whole world is transformed with his coming. And all that has been brought into the world through sin is banished and put to flight. This is what it looks like when God comes to be with us. In Jesus, God has come to be with us and to rescue us from a world that is broken and a world that is in rebellion against him. And ultimately, Jesus saves through the cross. There at the cross, all the combined forces of evil, both spiritual and human, are ranged against the Lord Jesus, ranged against the living God. They will not have God to rule over them. They want that the kingdom and the power and the glory should all belong to them. And that's the nature of the kingdom of this world. It's the world in which we live now. A world in which glory and power are grabbed by those who are strongest and where the weak suffer the consequences. And there at the cross we see all these powers doing their worst against the Lord Jesus. And he suffers their consequences in pain and agony and in death upon the cross. He is Emmanuel, God with us, in suffering the pain of a broken world. But the cross is the very means by which those powers are broken and brought to judgment. Jesus triumphs over those destructive powers. Not by an act of raw power, but by suffering love. As we were reminded in the song we were singing, the lion of the tribe of Judah is the lamb who was slain for us. And it's by his death and resurrection that he triumphs over those powers. And his people, we his people, share in that triumph. For this is the means by which he comes to be with us and to save us from sin and from brokenness and from all that is wrong in this world. Jesus saves us from our sin, not just in giving us forgiveness, though that is so precious, but he saves us also from the power and dominion of sin. The Apostle Paul writes that God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, 
the forgiveness of sins. This is God's great rescue project. Not that he reaches down to snatch us back out of this world into heaven to be free from it all. But rather in the Lord Jesus, he has come to be where we are in order that he might rescue this creation, his good creation, from all that sin has brought into this world, all that sin has done to damage and ruin it. He has come that his will might be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in this Advent season, as we count the days to Christmas, we look back to the time when Emmanuel, God with us, came into the world. And we also look towards that day when Christ shall return in power and in glory and the whole world shall be transformed at his coming and made new when it shall be said, Look, God's dwelling place is now with his people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Do we not long for that day? The day when all creation shall experience in full the meaning of those wonderful names, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, the one in whom God saves us from sin and all the consequences of sin. And when this creation is restored to be the domain of God and of his Christ. But what of this meantime, the time in which we live now day by day, a time of waiting for that last day, but not of passive waiting. For God is not absent from us. When Jesus returned to heaven, he said that he would not leave us as orphans. We are not left without God's presence. But by the power of the Holy Spirit poured out upon us, living within us, we have God's presence with us. Not just the presence of the Spirit, but the presence and power of the risen Lord Jesus, who promised to be with his disciples always to the very end of the age. And so we are to be a people who know the reality of Emmanuel now, God with us, who know now the power of the Lord Jesus who delivers us from sin. We are to be a new creation now.
we are to be together a model of that new creation that shall be when Christ appears, a working model, so that the world around us can see in us something of an anticipation, a reflection, pale maybe at times, but a real anticipation of what the world will be like when Christ returns in all his power and glory and all things are subject to him. This is what we are called to be. A people in whom God dwells and in whom something of the presence and glory and power of the risen Lord Jesus is made visible. A people in whom others can see that the living God is amongst us. This is our calling. How are we going to make known the presence and saving power of the Lord Jesus this Christmas time and in the year ahead. How will others see something of the reality of Emmanuel, God with us, of Jesus, the one who saves from sin and makes us like himself? May God help us to radiate his presence in the days ahead, that others may be drawn to our wonderful Saviour. For his name's sake.